a young woman who had made a name for herself on the internet, was driven to unspeakable acts of violence by a force that was beyond her control. The killer inside her, a dark and twisted entity, had been festering for years, feeding off her insecurities and desires. And when it finally emerged, it took the life of the one person she loved most in this world. Welcome back to our channel, everyone. And today, the case of Courtney Clanny, the Only Fans model who killed her boyfriend, is a story of horror and madness that will leave you haunted. With over 2 million Instagram followers, earning more than $3 million through Only Fans, and a multitude of other lucrative revenue streams, she had built an empire that seemed impervious to failure. As the investigation unfolded, the true horror of the crime began to reveal itself. The evidence found on the scene was nothing short of nightmarish, and the killer's motives remained shrouded in mystery. Join me as we delve deeper into the dark and twisted mind of Courtney Clenny. But be warned the journey ahead is not for the faint of heart. The darkness that we will encounter is beyond comprehension, and the horror that awaits us is unspeakable. Today, We'll be traveling again to the powerful nation of the United States of America, but this time, we'll be going one step further and seeing the city of Miami. Due to the fact that the Magic City is situated on the southern coast of Florida's peninsula, this point marks the furthest point south and east that you may travel. In light of the aforementioned information, it is perhaps unnecessary to point us that Florida, often known as the Sunshine State, basks in an average of more than 3,000 hours of sunlight every year. It should come as no surprise that this location attracts millions of tourists each year given that the annual average temperature is 71 degrees Fahrenheit, or 22 degrees Celsius. It is well known that Miami has a significant Cuban influence, as well as mild weather, magnificent beaches, and outstanding diving locations. In addition, the city is home to a number of illustrious sports teams and monuments, such as the NBA's Miami Heat, the world-famous Miami Tower, and, of course, the breathtaking Everglades National Park. In recent years, Miami's population has remained relatively unchanged, although the city currently boasts a little less than a half million people calling it home. And ultimately, this is where the lives of Courtney Clenny and Christian Abum Sally will be found for us to uncover. Courtney Clenny was brought into the world on April 21, 1996, by her parents, Deborah and Kim Clenny. Courtney and her sister Morgan both grew up in Texas, which is also where the family has maintained their residence since they first settled there. Due to the fact that her father had earned a degree in finance and worked as a financial advisor, the family had more than sufficient financial resources to maintain themselves. It is said that the daughters were pampered while they were growing up, and that they always got what it was that their hearts desired. Because both of their parents spent their whole lives participating in athletics, it was only natural for Courtney and Morgan to follow in their footsteps. Courtney had already participated in a long list of physically demanding sports by the time she entered the second grade of her high school career. These activities included football, gymnastics, volleyball, diving, and riding horses. 
She also had a passion for the performing arts, particularly dance, theater, and drama, and she started attending lessons in all of these areas when she was 14 years old. Moving forward in time a couple of years, by the time she was a senior in high school, she had developed a much more serious interest in working out and maintaining her physical health. She eventually became a certified personal trainer as she entered her adult years, and she went on to triumph in a number of weightlifting and fitness events. After coming to the conclusion that attending college was not the best choice for her, she finally withdrew from school to concentrate on pursuing other goals, such as improving her health and expanding her social media presence. It was around this time that she began to become aware of the fact that photographs of her working out received a lot of attention on the internet. Keeping this in mind, she realized that a series of coincidental meetings helped propel her into the limelight on the internet. Courtney Taylor appeared in a video that was uploaded to her YouTube channel titled Courtney Taylor in which she discussed how she rose to fame on Instagram by often publishing new content, conducting interviews, relocating to Los Angeles, being featured in Playboy, and working with various other models on various projects. Courtney's following on Instagram and the other social media platforms she used was fast expanding. And when OnlyFans was first established in 2016, she recognized a fresh window of opportunity. She was young, self-assured, in great shape, and didn't mind that kind of extra attention. So she asked herself, why not try it out? For those who are unfamiliar, OnlyFans is a content subscription service on the internet that enables creators to share any kind of content they like with fans who pay to see it, including videos, pictures, and other paywall-restricted media. She didn't mind the attention because she was young, confident, and in great shape. Courtney's income and reputation were already skyrocketing, and in fact, she had accumulated more than one million followers on Instagram. This opened the door to a wide variety of options, such as partnerships with reputable businesses and interesting interviews and features. It is difficult to determine precisely how much money Courtney was making before to joining OnlyFans. Nonetheless, she went on to make more than $3 million on the site in a period of less than three years. If we ignore all of Courtney's other sources of income, OnlyFans was responsible for her earning more than $1 million in 2020, and then an astounding $1.5 million the next year. Many people believe that Courtney Clinney lived a life that the majority of us can only ever hope to have one day. She was famous, wealthy, and successful, and she came from a family that was very encouraging to her. In addition to all of this, traditionally speaking, she was a really lovely young woman who had reached the pinnacle of her game at the very same time. It's possible that her line of work and way of life are not something that everyone wishes they could have, but taking into account her circumstances, she was really fortunate to be making such an astounding amount of money. One might even make the case that love was the one thing that was lacking. In the year 2020, just as all of this was getting off the ground, the component of her life that had been lacking materialized. 
It was during this time that she first caught a glimpse of a young and alluring man named Christian Abum Sally, who was lovingly called Toby by his friends and family. Christian was born on April 12, 1994, and he was a resident of Dallas, Texas at the time of his birth. Christian discovered his love for basketball and football while he was a student at Murphy Middle School. He excelled in both of these sports. Once he had progressed to the point that he was ready to interplay Noe's senior high school, his talents had become almost as apparent as his endearing demeanor. Christian fell in love with Courtney nearly as soon as he met her, and it appeared that their feelings for one another were reciprocal because they were in a highly intense relationship within a few weeks of meeting one other. According to several of my friends, things appeared to be positive when they first started. They appeared to be very much in love while at the same time enjoying a great time together. However, after a few months had passed, it was no longer possible to say the same thing. The two people's friendship had evolved into something very gloomy and weighty. Those who knew Toby before he met Courtney were able to observe a shift in him that was both upsetting and unsettling. He gave off the impression of being tense distracted, and distant most of the time, when in the past he was bubbly and full of life. Despite the fact that this was for a good reason, it was unfortunate since Courtney had become rather authoritarian. She had a habit of becoming irrationally angry at the most insignificant of triggers, isolating Toby from the rest of his social group, and then yelling at him at the top of her lungs. As time went on, it became clearer that the relationship had elements of physical abuse. In spite of all of this persistent hostility, Toby would always defend Courtney in front of authorities and other people. It is not yet apparent if these acts of protection were out of worry that he too would be detained over particular activities. But, it is evident that Toby would always defend Courtney in front of officials and other people. However, Despite the fact that she did not return his feelings, he always appeared to have her back. He kept track of his feelings for her through a series of letters and text messages that he sent to her over the course of several months and, finally, years. It is evident from these that he was both sad and head over heels in love with her. However, after coming to Miami, Courtney's concerning conduct became much more pronounced. Her manner and attitude deteriorated as she grew more well-known in the local clubs and pubs, where she was a regular face. This conduct was not subtle in the least, and she freely acknowledged to being poisonous, hated being bossed around and dominated, and admitting that she exclusively dates wealthy black men. Moreover, this behavior was not subtle in the least. She would frequently yell and scream at Toby, calling him insulting names, making a mess of their house and hotel rooms, and even tossing some of his belongings from the balcony of their apartment. The temper tantrums that Courtney was having grew so severe that one day, after she had smashed up the entire apartment in Miami, she insisted that Toby move out, and she sealed the deal by throwing all of his clothes over the balcony ledge. After some time, on April 1, 2022, Courtney's mother departed, allowing Courtney and Toby to work things out on their own. However, things did not go as planned since the very next day, 
there was a violent fight between the two individuals, which resulted in the police being summoned back to the flat. It is essential to take notice of how Courtney answered to the questions that the cops asked. Her feelings were all over the place, and she frequently gave the cops information that contradicted what the concierge had already told them. Despite this, she appeared resolved to secure a restraining order against Toby. Would you kindly let me into my apartment? Can you please let me in? Could you kindly tell me where your apartment is located and where your key is? Um, I'm in my apartment, the speaker said. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Nobody called you. Is that okay? Okay. She informed us that, of Miss Portland, trying to get into the elevator with her, but she had her hands out like this, okay. And she got her hand out like this, and she was like, oh no, don't come inside that lady, okay. So we asked her. I said, do you want him to leave the property? She said, no, she don't want them. I did not say that. I said, yes, we were. Why not? I say, are you certain for sure? Do you want him to leave? Oh no, no, no. And then I, I said, you know, enough is enough. Police need to be called. She said she said she don't want police off. Okay. Okay, let me talk. Okay, I feel very like, what's your name? Why do you have sleeping man? Like, I'm sorry, are you gonna lose me? Listen, go ahead and say something wrong. Yes, Courtney, what's going on? All right, what do you need? What? Yeah, okay. All right, so what do you want? What do you want? I want a restraining order against Christianity. Who's on the phone with you? This is my dad. Okay, well, let me, I think, let me explain to you something with your dad on the phone so you, so you, so you, you could hear me. You ask me how can I get a restraining order against him. I answer you, we don't issue those. That's through court. You ask me, I need to get one before him. I told you the only ways for you to get to court. Then you ask me, is the only way already? I ask you, I don't even know how he looks like. You understand. It's your questions and are making much of another. I am, I am, listen to me, answer my questions, please. Does he have property in the room in the apartment with you? A lot of property. He's been with you here for about two months, right? On and off, he's staying with you. Staying with you for two months here with you. Okay, let me, let me, let me let you know something. He lives here. That person lives in that apartment with you. Okay, we cannot talk about anybody that lives in this place. So we can take, by law, we cannot do this. And that's good. I do understand that. That is why I said, can I get a restraining order and get there first? Listen, my answer was, I already answered that. You gotta just, just go to the courtroom. It was now quite plain to the authorities, employees, and other neighbors living around them that Courtney and Christian had a poisonous connection.
and it was also obvious to everyone that this relationship should not continue under any circumstances. However, it was discovered only one day later, via Courtney's own words, that the two would really get back together just hours after this argument. Although we do not exactly know what Toby's position or perspective was about this occurrence, we do know that the two would get back together just hours after this altercation. The very following day, police officers were summoned to the flat once again due to the ongoing disturbance caused by the previous day's events. However, it was never discovered whether or not their relationship was meant to endure because of this. However, the acts that Courtney took and the results of those actions would not be able to be undone this time. For in 2022, the sky remained cloudy all day, but around 4.57 in the afternoon, the sun was nearly completely hidden behind the horizon. However, at that very moment, the emergency services received a phone call that was quite distressing. Ma'am, I need you to stop yelling into the phone so that I can get the address. Please listen to what I have to say. The guy came through my arms. 3,101. I can't feel my arm. The guy came through my arms. What man? But my boyfriend is in the hospital. But he's dying. May I have the address, ma'am? The gentleman pleaded. Ma'am, can you hear me? You're good to go. It was reported that there was an extremely awful situation at 3131 Northeast 7th Avenue, so officers from the police department and paramedics were called there. When they got, they discovered the incident. Christian Obama Shelley had been stabbed in the chest and was bleeding heavily. He was in a critical condition. During Christian's phone conversation to 9-11, you can even hear the terror in his voice as he tells Courtney that he is going to die and that he no longer has feeling in his arm. He also says that he can't feel his arm. He was found to be in Courtney's arms when the authorities came, and when they searched the property, they discovered many puddles of blood that had coagulated, which is an indication that he had been bleeding for a considerable amount of time before the officers arrived. In addition to the kitchen islands, blood was discovered in the master bedroom, the bathroom, and the rear of the living room. Immediately after this, Courtney was given the instruction to sit on the ground outside of her apartment, where it was observed by onlookers that she was covered in blood while acting in an odd manner toward her dogs. Due to the significant quantity of blood that had been lost, it was clear that everyone involved was racing against the time to try to save Toby's life. As a result, Toby was hurried to the hospital as a matter of the utmost urgency. Because Courtney had previously admitted to stabbing him, she was hauled in for interrogation to a nearby police station. Surprisingly, she even spoke to them without an attorney being present, which was required because she had already admitted to the crime. Courtney talked incoherently and struggled her way through the various questions and assertions throughout the course of the whole interview, which lasted more than four hours. To tell you the truth, it was really challenging to concentrate on some of what was being said. Now, I've had the displeasure of being forced to see the whole thing for myself, but in order to spare you some time, I've condensed it down to the most important parts. 
This is probably all too easy to state, but Courtney was stressed, upset, and anxious. Additionally, throughout this interview, she described the events that occurred as, quote, such a blur. Do you understand each of these rights that I've explained to you? I believe you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to have a lawyer with you during questioning. If you cannot afford a lawyer, one will be appointed for you. Yes. I see that I have the opportunity to speak. You take the cake, Christian. They haven't told me about it yet. What did you say? This is like, I mean, I was sitting here in a freaking puddle of my boyfriend's blood, making him feel like, please, not like, would you give up on me, like, man. Like, this is, expletive, serious, you know. I mean, I don't necessarily think I'm in trouble, but, like, I would like to. All you want to do is tell me your side of the story and what happened so that we can put the pieces together and figure out what's going on here, you said. I don't know what happened. I don't. I don't. To tell you the truth, it was such a haze. After the confrontation they had with the police officers, she said that she and Christian had reconciled their differences and made up with each other. It was said that the following morning got off to a peaceful start, and Christian left the house at around 1.15 p.m. to go for a stroll and get some fresh air in order to help maintain things that way. It would appear that she spent the most of the afternoon on the phone with her mother, doing the laundry, and keeping things all true crime by viewing films uploaded on YouTube by Christina Randall. Courtney went live on Instagram at 4.01 p.m and stayed there for the next half an hour, finally signing off at 4.33 p.m., which was exactly the same time that Christian arrived home with a subway lunch. But this is when things started to once again go in the wrong direction, because it turned out that Courtney was once again upset with him. This was the point at which things started to become worse. It would appear that Toby had ceased informing her of the location of his home which presented a significant challenge given that she did not trust him. For those of you who aren't aware, there are applications like Find My Friends that constantly broadcast the position of your phone to the people you know to be reliable and who you have given permission to view your whereabouts. Now, some couples may utilize this tool innocently for safety considerations while other couples may sadly use this ability to occasionally keep eyes on one another. Anyway, in the end, Toby ended up giving Courtney updated information regarding his location. On the other hand, she did not comply when he requested her to do the same thing back. Now, the following information is merely an accusation made by Courtney, but she asserts that Toby then grabbed her by the neck and forced her to the ground after the initial incident. The fact that she had to contact her mother for assistance just served to infuriate him further. Courtney is accused of brandishing a kitchen knife at Toby and yelling, don't come any closer when Toby reportedly began rushing at her. In reaction, Courtney allegedly grabbed a kitchen knife and yelled at Toby, don't come any closer. However, Toby allegedly did not halt his advance, 
which resulted in Courtney allegedly brandishing the knife at him from a distance of around 10 feet. All right, okay, I went and got a knife. I reached into my pocket and pulled out a knife, at which point I said, like, pretty much just like, don't get any closer. After that, I said some words. Excuse me. And after that, I simply went ahead and did it. And to be honest, have you thrown it in that manner? How often has it happened? No, how? I'm curious in the specifics of your toss. Like, you tossed it like this, or kind of like. You like, kind of like launched it at him overhead, or like, like, like that. Do the majority of them appear to be over your head? Yeah, so not like. Okay, like, I'm holding it like this. Not this one, the other one. That. Um, right. Certainly. The blade, is that clear? I'm not. I just, for damn sure, did not have him. That is really insane. I mean, I had no idea that anything like this would affect him at all. She then did some more problematic things after that. But instead of dialing 911 right away, she got in touch with her mother. Her subsequent acts are just as dubious. And if this is indeed the case, then she had been on the phone for a total of 13 minutes before calling 9-11. During the time when Toby was rapidly losing blood, 13 precious minutes were thrown away. During the course of her interrogation, Courtney made the statement that she had not had the opportunity to think over her tale. This statement is very suspect in and of itself since she should not have needed to make this claim if she intended to be truthful and upfront. If I could have been given all these questions, you know, I could have been, like, because I need to think about it or when I'm trying to remember a whole situation of where I was very upset about something, which I've learned this in therapy or whatever, it's like, write it down, like, all the details, so you don't forget, just, like, write it all out clearly, so it makes sense to you, it makes sense to somebody else, but I haven't had. Courtney also asserts that the police were called out the night before for absolutely no reason at all, and she has made accusations that the receptionist simply wanted to make trouble, although this did not take place. It seems that he has switched his allegiance from Christian to me. It appeared as though all he wanted to do was make problems. This whole thing is a great example of hypocrisy. At first, Courtney did not want the receptionist to alert the authorities about the occurrence, most likely because she was aware that she was the one who initiated the conflict. After they had arrived, she altered her tone to give the impression that she was the one who had placed the call to obtain the restraining order. But here, in the questioning room, 24 hours later, she was attempting to play down the gravity of the situation once more. This is not the first time that Courtney has changed the tone or storyline of her story. In fact, it was reported following her arrest in Las Vegas that she had done so. During the course of the conversation, however, Courtney expressed some uncertainty regarding the appropriateness of her behavior toward Toby. I don't. I don't believe for a second that this was. I don't. I really have no idea. I honestly do not know if. 
if there is any justification for it at all. I sincerely. I'm not even sure whether I can answer that. I truly don't know because I was aware that I was afraid. But I truly don't know. It came as a big disappointment. But just two hours after this interview, it was disclosed that Toby would not be there later that evening. And sadly, he passed suddenly as a result of his injuries just after five o'clock in the evening, which was after he had arrived at the hospital. And even in this predicament, you can hear and even feel the unfathomable dread that is coursing through Courtney by simply listening to her voice. We are sorry to have to break the news to you, but Christian did not make it. Okay. Music. Christian did not survive despite the best efforts of the medical staff. Oh my God. This can't be happening, right? Okay. Those are rather amusing. Christian passed away. Could you give me a hug, please? Is that something I can accomplish in this space? No, no. I haven't been able to stop sobbing. Right. It comes as a surprise. When they heard the news, Christian Obamicelli's friends and family were completely shocked and heartbroken. This catastrophe struck so suddenly that no one could have anticipated it. And in a moment, their little and sweet Toby was taken away from them in a cruel way. Additionally, as soon as Courtney's name was mentioned in the cause of his death, a lot of people's eyebrows started to rise for some reason. As soon as she heard the terrible news, Courtney checked herself into a psychiatric facility voluntarily for an examination under the Florida Baker Act, which governs the provision of emergency care for mental health. However, this is the point at which things start to become extremely awkward for the investigators since not even two days after this, she was discharged from the hospital and permitted to return to the real world. The investigators came to the conclusion that the whole incident was nothing more than a domestic disagreement, and that Courtney had acted in self-defense, and as a result, she was not held accountable for her actions. Obviously, this had a devastating effect on Toby's family. In addition to this, it was discovered that the detectives did not even spend 24 hours before arriving at their conclusion after reporting to the site. A significant discussion around privilege and the experience of being a young, attractive, white lady was ignited as a result of all of this. And to some others, it was crystal clear that she was not the victim of his acts. She was the aggressor. And believe it or not, while all of this was taking on, Courtney had already returned to her previous routines, one of which included drinking with her father. Energy. You're right, brother. Courtney. Yes, I do believe so. Brother. Right this very moment. Yes, you really ought to go, Courtney says. Brother. I would say so. Yes, you did. Courtney will confirm that. Brother. Both of those are correct. Courtney. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Thanks for asking. This, therefore, is what transpired in the aftermath of Christian's passing. On the other hand, sadly, Courtney's attorney was able to persuade the authorities that her acts were the consequence of self-defense against Christian, who was apparently the one to blame for his own death.
Christian's death was attributed to his own activities. Courtney was officially declared free when the cops bought her narrative and gave her the go-ahead to do whatever she pleased without being subjected to any additional interrogation. However, this will not prevent Christian's family and friends from working relentlessly to seek justice in the background. They didn't waste any time and engaged an attorney who was promptly able to look at the troubled relationship from a different aspect practically soon after being appointed. When they considered this information in conjunction with the evidence that was there in front of them, they reached the conclusion that Toby was, in fact, the victim. However, they were going to need some time to organize the evidence before they could take any action on the situation. Now, the path that lay ahead in the law was going to be exceedingly lengthy and difficult. And at the same time that Toby's family had established a GoFundMe page in order to assist with the financial burden of paying for his burial, Courtney was out in Texas frittering away over $1 million. She left Miami in order to relocate to a location that was more convenient for her family. And only two months after he passed away in June 2022, she shelled over $1.4 million to purchase a lavish house in Texas, close to where her parents live. The hillside house in Lake Point is 3,000 square feet and has four bedrooms, four bathrooms, a hot tub, and three different huge deck spaces. The house is located on Hillside. In addition to all of this, she sent $1,200,000 into the bank account of her father for the purpose of, quote, further safeguarding. Whether you want to label it as murder or self-defense, there is no denying that this event had a significant influence on Courtney. She had previously been drinking well beyond the norm, but once Christian passed away, her poor habits got much worse in a very significant way. This is something that we are aware of due to the fact that she was quickly taken to a rehabilitation clinic in Hawaii, where she remained for a number of weeks to receive treatment for PTSD and substance misuse. It would appear like a storm was slowly gathering force in the horizon while she was busy going out and purchasing properties, getting drunk, and then collapsing back on herself. The storm wouldn't start in earnest until the 10th of August, 2022, when Courtney was taken into custody on suspicion of murder in the second degree. The prosecution asserts that they only had one opportunity to persuade the authorities, and because of this, they wanted to make sure that they had all of the appropriate evidence before attempting to place her under arrest. This is why the investigation took so long. It appeared as though they have all the necessary pieces of proof. And as you can undoubtedly understand from this video, the Office of the State Attorney now has access to a wealth of evidence that might be used as proof of criminal activity. This includes the film taken in the elevator when Courtney can be seen attacking Toby, the letter recordings and text messages that were left behind as well as the more than 12,000 text conversations that were exchanged between the two. Her charge of domestic abuse against Toby in Las Vegas in July 2021 has also been revealed, as have previous allegations from the past of her aggressive character. The incident took place in the city of Las Vegas. 
There are rumors that she attempted to stab her prior boyfriend before she started dating Christian, and that she allegedly shattered the jaw of a well-known bodybuilder named Sean Roden in February of 2017. An interesting aside, but Sean had really kept this attack a secret since, at the time, he was having an affair with Courtney and cheating on his wife with her. There are a number of people who are acquainted with both Courtney and Toby who believe that Courtney was the one who started the fights in their relationship and that Toby was the one who tried to make things better. However, the most damning piece of evidence that is now known to date comes from the report of the medical examiner. The study came to the conclusion that Toby's injury could not have been caused by a knife that was thrown from the distance described by Courtney. This is the piece of evidence that is currently known to be the most damning. Further investigation revealed that in order for the wound to go as deep as 8 centimeters or 3 inches, the attacker must have been within very close proximity to the victim. If you consider the facts you were given and what was alleged, do your own observations lend credence to the claim. I can't say that I'm really good at throwing knives. I believe it's possible that anything like that could place if the alleged perpetrator is a skilled knife thrower and the weapon in question was the kind of knife that could be thrown, but only under certain conditions. No. And when you expect, what would you anticipate seeing a knife accomplish if it were just thrown at someone? You should have thrown it as a knife thrower does. It should have merely hit the body and bounced off. Now. As a consequence of this incident, did you hesitate before making a decision or did you make a decision after considering the cause? A knife wound to the right subclavian artery was determined to be the cause of death. Homicide was determined to be the cause of death. Environment. Further questions. Additionally, it was discovered that his damage was consistent with an intended stabbing wound which was inflicted through a downward thrust into his chest, where the knife cut the subclavian artery. This was determined after it was determined that his injury was compatible with an intentional stabbing wound. And to make matters even worse, this incision was only a few inches away from a tattoo on his breast that was the name of Courtney. Courtney said that she had acted in self-defense after Toby had grabbed her by the neck and thrown her to the ground and this fact should be brought to your attention. Despite this, neither during nor after her interview with the cops did any discernible marks or injuries appear on her body. Over the course of time, there has been no change in the status of Courtney's case other than an increase in its visibility in the media. And with regard to the authorities, it has not been demonstrated that they have provided further information to the general public. It would appear that Toby has been able to offer further information on the violent relationship even from beyond the grave by taking many hidden recordings of the conversation. Courtney can be heard on one of these recordings becoming furious at the man for chatting to another lady before resorting to using racially offensive language toward him. Just shut up and give me a break. Do you understand? Please hand over my phone. You have your phone. Toby, you're telling me, Courtney, that I was on a bike ride when she went past me, and I said hi. It seems like you and Courtney are having a live conversation right now. My bad. I'm sorry. I didn't remember to tell you that.
That does not make you any less of a expletive than you already are, Courtney. Come this way. Toby, correct. Thank you so much, Courtney. Toby, once again, I am grateful. Toby also recorded another conversation in which the two of them could be heard arguing in the foyer of the hotel. Courtney begins to talk more quietly and orders him to shut up as soon as he reveals that she had hit him. It is almost as if she is attempting to prevent the possibility of someone else overhearing their chat. Make a decision as to whether or not you want to continue. I am incensed that you ordered me to enter the building at this very moment. You struck me, and I'm sorry about that. I don't know why. As a result of Courtney's arrest and the abundance of evidence that has been made accessible to the general public, her trial is currently one of the most highly awaited in recent times. Her legal team first submitted a motion to prevent any and all evidence from her trial from being made available to the general public, but as you can see, this move was ultimately dismissed as groundless. They also submitted a request asking the judge to exclude any evidence that had been covertly filmed by Christian, but he rejected this move as well. Since the trial of Courtney is now set to begin in 2023, it is quite possible that we will be given a new date at some point in the not-too-distant future. And I'm confident that she'll have a tough time fighting against the pile of evidence since it's so overwhelming. As a footnote, Courtney's legal team has also submitted a request to have her released on bail as she waits for her trial date. Courtney was ordered to remain in detention until her trial because the judge determined that she posed a significant flight risk. The judge came to this conclusion after pointing out that there is a substantial probability that the defendant committed this offense and also after highlighting how much money she has in her bank accounts. Both of these factors led the judge to the conclusion that there is a substantial probability that the defendant committed this offense. Courtney Clanny faces the possibility of receiving a life sentence with a mandatory minimum term of imprisonment of 16 years and 9 months if she is found guilty of murder in the second degree in the state of Florida. Her father, who is naturally one of the most famous defenders, has lately claimed that he truly had no clue of her OnlyFans career until recent times. This is something that he has just said in recent times. And taking into account the fact that this was a significant portion of her life, is it possible for him to claim to know the Gen U in and then filter Courtney? Many of you are aware that I have already discussed a few weird situations using the internet here and that some of those cases have involved OnlyFans models and cam ladies. In addition, I always think this sector of the adult entertainment industry is a strange little nook. However, the fact that her photographs are so readily available online makes me question if any members of her family have seen them. Nevertheless, I'm rather amazed that nobody was aware of it. How else could she account for such a lightning fast and staggering rise in her financial success? In order to bring this discussion to a close, I would want to point out that all of my research is carried out by conducting in-depth analysis of information obtained from public sources. None of this information is kept secret. 
And while though I make an effort to leave most of my thoughts out of my films, the information that was presented led me to assume that the nature of their relationship was very toxic and fraught with conflict. In addition to that, they need to realize that they should have given up a long time ago and moved on. When I see Courtney's conduct, her behaviors, and the falsehoods that she tells, I see an adult who was never properly taught how to mature and become an adult. In a nutshell, she does not have any regard for accountability. And because of all the falsehoods and fabrications she has said, it is extremely difficult for me to support and accept the claims she has made to the authorities. And I can't really say there is much evidence to suggest that he is abusive or aggressive other than what Courtney and her father have said. So I can't really claim that there is. If anything, he is far too mild-mannered and lenient on others. Whether Toby was the victim or the perpetrator of the tragic event, he never deserved to pass away on that awful evening at the age of 27, with just a week left till he turned 28. He had only started his journey towards adulthood at that point. It is evident from Toby's letters and text messages that he was an emotional and sensitive man who was not afraid to wear his heart on his sleeve and express his love. This can be deduced from the fact that he did not hide his feelings from others. And while we're on the subject of love, it was glaringly and gut-wrenchingly evident that he had a deep and abiding affection for Courtney. His dogged determination to assist her and do what is right for her is illustrative of his character. And from the many messages that friends and family members have left behind, which I have read, it is clear to me that Toby has never given up on other people. He had a lot of love that he could offer. He was ethical, he was intellectual, and he had such a promising future in front of him. A future that, despite the fact that all accusations are still pending, was tragically taken away. We must brace ourselves for the judge's ruling in Courtney's case, for the horror that awaits her may be beyond comprehension. And as always, I'll be here to bring you the latest updates, so don't lose track of me. This case has drained me of all vitality, for it is by far the longest and most sinister one I have ever created. But if you've made it this far, you deserve recognition. Yet, I must know your thoughts on this madness. Do you believe that Courtney's actions were of murder or self-defense? What about her relationship with Christian? Was there something deeper and darker lurking beneath the surface? Remember, the darkness that lies within us all can be unleashed at any moment, and the results can be catastrophic. Until next time, my fellow horror seekers, keep your eyes open and your fears at bay. And please, consider subscribing to this channel, for it is only with your support that we can continue to uncover the atrocities that lie hidden in the shadows. Farewell, and stay safe.